Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Hey, hey, hey! How's it going? Welcome to another episode of Nerdificent. I'm your host, Ify Wadiwe, and sitting across from me, as always, is your other host, Danny Fernandez. Mm, how you doing, Danny? Mm, I'm doing good. Yeah, we're, <laughs> how, how good are you doing? Ify. <laughs> I'm doing good. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, so we're 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 a week out of uh, Black History Month, but we're still we're still we're still keeping it going. We're, I feel like we need all the extra weeks. So you know, today we're talking about Nubia, but you know, we're we're joined by some of our favorite voices in mm-hmm. nerddom, some of the strongest voices in nerddom, some of my favorite people, just in general. And one of these people are our producer, uh-huh. officially new producer yes. of Nerdificent, full hey. time, Joelle Monique. What How up? you doing? Ooh, I'm and good. Glad to be with you guys. Yes, who did all this Nubia research for us, and mm. also our Wonder Woman queen. Yes, Tamara Brooks. Hello, hello, hello. How you doing? I'm I'm doing well. I'm I'm happy to talk about uh, again more Wonder Woman related stuff mm. and. You know, be in your lovely presence. Well, if you haven't listened to our Wonder Woman episode, definitely listen to it after yes. this because tomorrow just dropped the most knowledge. Oh, yeah. um, we've been on multiple Wonder Woman panels together, and mm. I just feel uh, you also got to go to the DC archives, right? I did, and it was like really transcendent of an experience, even though it's just like a library, basically. Yeah. <laughs> like it's a, like a library room, but like I got to hold the the like some first like original pages from like Superman and I got Mm -hmm. to see the unfinished um, alternate ending from Batman when Jason Todd lived and I got yeah I got to hold it in my hand and then I also saw some dope Wonder Woman stuff like this like rainbow record that like no no there's like three other printing like there's only three available left somewhere else in the world I saw the bible that they use to write Wonder Woman like there's like the whole guideline thing it was just it was it was a lot. They're like, you can take more pictures. I'm like, but you don't understand. Yeah, I want to take more brain pictures. <laughs> yeah, I'm like absorbing all of this into all of my situation right now. So, well, we normally start our show with what we're geeking out about. Um, Joelle, what are you geeking out about? What am I geeking out about? I am still. <laughs> I'm sorry for people who follow me from podcast and podcast, but yes, I'm still watching Grey's Anatomy. We have officially hit season 15. Holy I've become a hypochondriac yeah, three whoa, times whoa. over. It is such a haul. I'm so ready to be done. I need to get out of Grace Memorial <laughs> Hospital. 
my god and, uh, but i'm determined i'm of two minds for that uh, with the same brain which mm. like is both the actor brain because on the one hand as an actor you're like stuck to a show for that long oh my gosh <laughs> creatively ah but then as an actor brain you're like that's a lot of money guaranteed you that whoo you good you are good you olivia are... benson over at svu just got renewed for seasons 23 24 and 25 Ooh. i think Be- and like she's been doing it so long that she is not only getting both her regular paycheck mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. the residual paycheck because mm-hmm. they are running it the they're they're running it everywhere and she getting that producer paycheck pow, pow, pow. oh yeah yeah oh. she's making all the money that show dies when she's done yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. amazing That's true. and even, even then she probably is good for the rest of her life yeah, she just the stuff it. that they're running though if they made ice tea's finn the captain that would be fascinating and i would totally watch yes. that oh yeah they won't do that but i'm just saying that i would, would love it though fascinating uh what about you tamara that's an excellent question. I am in a position of catching up on a lot of stuff because I have a new day gig and I also watch a lot of TV for that. So it's like every once in a while, I'm like, I'm just going to watch repeats of Chopped as opposed to <laughs> Love it. you know, catching up. So I always loved my cooking shows. Um, another thing that I am obsessed with currently is um, research because I am a writer and I also am a nerd. And so I've been researching some stuff that I'm working on that I can't talk about and just falling down <laughs> these deep, deep research holes and having like, like hours of like YouTube videos talking about different subjects and going down like the Wikipedia uh, trap door and just all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of what I'm into at the moment. And also I am into back issues of comics. Um, I've decided that I'm going to fill out my entire Teen Titans comic collection. And that's going to be a lot of money, but oh I am oh dedicated to it because I actually have a lot. So of happy for you. And as somebody who just got like a regular gig, this is also I'm like ready to go. Like when I first got into comics, I maxed out my first credit card buying comic books. Mm-hmm. It became a very quick obsession. So I have like all of the Crisis on Infinite and Earth. I have uh, the f- inter- first original print run of Sandman. All of the Cassandra Cain's Batgirls, but I was like, I really, uh, Teen Titans sounds like something I really want to get into. It is a lot of books. I'm going to tell you that right now because that was the first book that I started collecting. Are doing each volume? Yeah. Well, I already have the, like the Wolfman run basically almost entirely. Um, I did stop at, I I have all, all but one um, from like. The, the new Teen Titans slash New Titans era from like one to like 104 because then the arts changed and I didn't like the art. So I, stopped I understand um, going back, reading all the Wonder Woman comics. I was like, look at how much changes over time. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. crazy. So, yeah. So but I also had some of like the original Teen Titans runs from the 60s because I was going you? to the same used um, bookstore when I was a kid and just buying whatever. So now I'm like kind of like filling that part out. And then I have I think the Tales of the Teen Titans. I think I have all those already. So I just have to kind of go back and refresh what I'm missing so it's surprisingly not that much that i have Delicious. to catch up here, but they're going to be like twenty dollars a pop at this point one if, final if, nerd if, question if for you yeah. yes how do you archive your books um i am going through a process of re-archiving i currently just have the long boxes like everybody has okay. um but i do have a plastic more waterproof one because um the th- first three books i collected was teen titans generation x and um uh, new warriors and several water uh things happened mm. like there's a burst pipe and then there's like an electrical fire yeah. and it just demolished my collection so i'm very sadly i don't i don't have any of my gen x's anymore and i don't have any of my new warriors anymore so sorry my feelings so the ones that i'm really really emotionally attached to are in a plastic bin now Smart. uh and a couple of my like autographed ones nice yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, I have to reorganize everything in my room because it went from like now I have it, everything's getting cramped up now that I'm really into Gundams now. So, <laughs> oh, no. yeah. Too many figures, so I'm going to get, like, a glass, like, especially because my buddy Rocom, who you've heard on the pod, has been doing a lot of Sofubi toys. So I have, like, he just recently did a collab with Tom Neely, Mm -hmm. who does the indie comic uh, Henry and Glenn Forever, which is a comic where Henry Rollins and Glenn Danzig are in a beautiful marriage, and it's all their, like, regular day-to-day trials and tribulations as essentially the gods of metal. But he did a collab of those characters as Astro Boy and... And, uh, so it's like it's like layers. so many layers, yeah. but it's so cool because then on top of that, oh, no. because I kickstarted it, I got the bonus one-off painting where it's painted in the style of Wolverine and Colossus. <laughs> so there are 
multiple layers, but it's like cramped right next to my Deku, who's like, yeah, and then uh, next to his Death Jaguar. So I'm like, okay, it's time to adult up and put my toys in a nice glass case. Mm, yes. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. I love a presentation. Oh, yeah. But for me, what I've been nerding out about is I've been slowly but surely, I also have been having a pretty packed schedule, just both uh, working on uh, the, the great debate. Now I can talk about it. I don't know if I said it on the show. Sci-Fi is going to take the great debate show, which Danny has been in at many Comic-Cons, and they're putting it on television. So I've been writing on that, and then at night doing my late night show, Super Punch. So it's been... My house has been tragic, and I've been Pat. trying to still, like, watch things, and I thought, okay, it's been hard to keep up with, you know, seasonal animes and stuff. Maybe I'll just sit down and watch Redline, which I missed, which Redline is this anime done by Madhouse, if you're familiar with the uh, studio, and it was back in, like, 2007, like, 2009, I think, and the art in it is so intense because it was hand drawn each Ooh. frame and it almost made the company go bankrupt because it took so long to make but it is gorgeous and it's in blu-ray mm. and it's crisp and but i because i just don't have any time i always get too sleepy so i've been watching it in chunks but i think i'm gonna go w watch it in full sometime this weekend yeah, what are you geeking out about, Danny? Well, last night I got to go to the National Hispanic Media Coalition Impact Awards, Ooh. and that was fantastic. I feel like it's what my soul needed. Um, one, everyone was hot as hell. <laughs> I was like, wow, we are such a hot people. <laughs> it was like packed, and everybody was just like dressed to the nines, and it was just great. You know, America Ferrera was honored. She is a t like such an amazing I want to say motivational speaker is like what came to mind, but I don't know if you've ever watched her give speeches, you know, at protests or events and stuff. And she just has a way of really being like, we're not going to put up with this. You know, we're going to fight together. Um, but so many people that were honored, one of them was Danny Garcia, who um, she helped fund Seven Bucks Productions, which is like uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson's. Oh, nice. You might know she was married to him. They have a daughter, Simone, and then uh, but she's gone on to work on so many things. And they were saying that she's actually made billions of dollars for, if you look at all the revenue of everything yeah. she's worked wow. on. And it's just like, this is so insane. This is a Latina who has made billions of dollars. She is like just producing so many things and like they had a clip of it and it was just so inspiring that it was like, she's worked on so many, you know, I feel like I'm just repeating myself, but she she works on all these blockbusters and like everybody. And she's also helping people and bringing people up with her. She had Cuban uh, immigrant parents. And it's just like, wow. And, and there were so many stories like that of like, wow, we're there's so many of us that are really putting in the work. And it was just great to see so many successful Latinos there because it's just a reminder of like, wow, like our community really looks out for each other. And this is what we can do. And that was kind of like the theme the whole night was like. We have to stick together. We have to reach back down once we've made it and pull the rest of us up. And uh, the cast of Hentified was there, which if you haven't watched, it's on Netflix. And America Ferreira produced it. And it's uh, my friend Francisco Ramos is in it. Um, and it really talks about uh, the Chicano experience, which it was fascinating seeing um, Mexican people being like, oh, I didn't resonate with this. And I and uh, Lalo, uh, who did uh, the Casa Grandes, was like, well, the Chicano experience is not the easiest thing to capture. Like, it's so mixed for everyone. It's like, when did you come over here? What is it like? Mm -hmm. Are you first generation, second generation? And it's just, it's such a fascinating conversation. I just ask everyone to, you know, be open that n we are not uh, monolith. Well, we it, don't yeah. all have the same experience. Mm -hmm. That's always the, the hard combo that uh, that kind of goes into it because I, I like, you know, and it all comes through just multiple pieces of media because I feel like, you know, right before this kind of like renaissance and black art has happened, that was happening where people would nitpick it where it's like, this doesn't fit my experience. So this is why. And it's like, well, because everyone's isn't the same. Why are you asking, you know, this to perfectly fit into yours and not see what you do resonate with? Mm -hmm. uh, and that's in. So I am sh more than sure as more stuff, because even just in the past few years, I like how much like Latinx content there's been with On My Block, Hintified, uh, you know, uh, 
Uh, it's Vita, just one day, uh-huh, Vita, Vita, one, one day at a time. time. Mm-hmm. You know, it, even like Jane the Jane the Virgin. Mm-hmm. You know, all it's it is just really just finally we're starting to break through the doors. And you know, me and Danny kind of had a conversation uh, akin to this, but things are changing in the sense that there was one kind of gatekeepery yep. process before where you had to just. Basically, have permission to create, mm-hmm. and now with the internet and being able to produce media and the the falling prices of like cameras and audio equipment, people are now able to shoot and make things and get noticed past the gatekeepers, so that there's an exec who's like, "No, this person, I don't need your input, sir. I like them because I got to see what yeah, they did already." Absolutely. Yeah, and it was America was essentially saying like, "We're no longer going to fight each other for one measly piece mm-hmm. of the pie. We're going to bake our own cake, and yes. like, we're going to, you know." But it takes us, you know, it was it was great. It was just super inspiring to see people that it, like they're starting their own studios, they're starting their own production, so we can own our art and our work, you know, and not be working under somebody, so we can tell the stories that we want. And actually, Jay Hernandez was also honored. And he was like, I'm, you know, I'm glad that I'm my role is not like as a criminal or as like his new role that he's doing um, or drug dealer or whatever. And so it was it was just very inspiring. And Um, I think he's the first Latino lead on any show on CBS. Really? That makes sense. Um, Or at least for like a really long time. Like at least like 10 years. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's it's wild. I'm going to remove all names from it. So, (laughs) but I remember I was pitching a show and we were talking about it after they didn't end up getting picked up. Uh, And, and, I was uh, talking about it with someone and there was like, yeah, I remember when we were pitching the meeting and you were well into your pitch. It was really good. But I was looking up. They had all the shows that they've greenlit on the wall. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I'm looking Mm -hmm. around Mm -hmm. and they had no black people, no people of color. And I was like. Well, <laughs> I was Thank you uh, for your time. I was in a punch up room last last year at, uh, for a CBS show. And I was not only the only woman, but I was the only person of color. Yikes. Like that is yikes on yikes having to speak up on there. And then one of the jokes I remember it didn't get picked up, so I don't care. One of the jokes on there, they had a kid being like, what's lit fam? Like just wanted to visit my squad. And I'm like, they would never Ew. like I. How are you doing, fellow children? <laughs> One thing I love about this show, this the the episodes we've done this much is they they all kind of leak back in because this kind of goes back into what we were talking about in the Dwayne episode when you were saying there that Dwayne didn't see authenticity behind mm-hmm. it like that, and it's things like that, and that's why like you are able to be like, no, that's not what people say. This is something more common, and this is how that you know it really is like the easiest way to prevent coming off like every time someone's like yeah this it just this ran hollow this ran hollow and i'm talking around i was like you know how you solved that right and they're like what hire writers of color (laughs) i also just before we move on i also just want to say it's really fascinating we constantly see people saying like hire the best person for the job hire the best person for the job okay so if i'm in that room like i've i've sold a show right to hbo max i'm writing on a netflix show i am a writer i'm a successful writer and and those aren't the only things i've written i've written for playboy blah, blah blah so if i'm in that room and I am the only woman, and I'm the only person of color, do you think that they think that the things that I suggest are the best suggestions for the plots, the jokes, or whatever? They might just not get it. Like, I hope that people understand that when you're saying like, well, it should go to the best person. And it's like, but who's deciding that? Yeah. And maybe they don't think my jokes are good because they don't get it, and they're they're like a, a decade and a half older than me. Yeah. And yeah. so, and they're outdated and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, I'm really exhausted by that, that uh, I see constantly in the mentions uh, whenever directors and other people are speaking up about that. Uh, so yeah, they probably thought their jokes were the best and I can tell you they weren't and the show didn't get picked up. So yeah. moving on to Nubia, <laughs> <laughs> moving on to Nubia. Um, Tamar, what is actually your first uh, introduction to her? Nubia is an interesting thing because, as we're going to discover as we talk about in this conversation, she's not used very much. And so I'm trying to remember specifically the first time I learned about her. I'm pretty sure it was like during my like super hyper obsessive research time in high school when I was like getting way, way deep into comics. And I was like, why isn't this character around more like... I don't understand. It's a she's a really interesting character. And technically, I think honestly, the first version of her I ever saw 
was a repeat of that Kathy Lee Crosby Wonder Woman movie where they had sort of, she's, you know, kind of a riff on Nubia a little bit. You know, she was lighter skinned, but like she was an Amazon that wasn't on the island and then became uh, evil adjacent, uh, adversarial. Sure, I like that. Adversarial. And so it's that thing where you're just kind of, yeah, it's, it's a crazy thing. So when I learned about her origin, which is basically she is Wonder Woman's twin sister. The her mother fashioned two babies out of clay, one light clay, one dark clay, and um, you know brought them both to life. And then uh, Ares or Mars, as he was called back then, uh, stole her away because you know Ares gonna Ares, <laughs> and put her on an island full of dudes and had her run that island. Now, in my head, that's always stuck with me as the greatest version of her origin because if you think about it. Why would Hippolyta just have one kid running around the island? Truly. Like, why wouldn't you have a sister for her? Mm -hmm. And that also kind of runs into the sort of reiterations of Donna Troy's origins where they did that whole thing where she was like a mirror twin that got kidnapped and all that kind of stuff, which I'm not into that origin. But like that, it's a similar thought, I think, that goes through that. So, yeah, just... It was one of those things where I'm like, oh, that's a really cool origin. And it's like, oh, she's... Like savage and running around with a bunch of angry mm. dudes and yeah, the reboot of her character, which I think what's interesting about Nubia is they're always trying to be less offensive and then they just run smack dab into a wall of like slightly more offensive and you're, it's it's frustrating and and when you read like the different origins or different aspects of her character, you're like this would be a fast. Why does she not have her own solo series? Like I would read, I would hardcore read a Nubia series either like where she's chilling in Hades and mm-hmm. protecting the door, which I think could be fascinating. She has a great love. Like let's explore that. Um, I wouldn't mind it if we saw the Nubia who's a twin sister who was like, yo, I'm staying behind while you go off and do your thing, mm-hmm. and like maybe I'll come down and visit every once in a while because I'm still a champion. Like there's so many opportunities to tell a unique and fun story, and they're constantly. Like, we just don't really know what to do with her. Just leave her in the background, Stranded somewhere behind locked doors, <sighs> fighting monsters, or, you know. And every time she shows up, it's breathtaking. Yeah. Like, anytime she wants to a comic, you're just like, oh, my God, Nubia's here. So, so Nubia was introduced across three issues of Wonder Woman, number 204 through number 206. Can you talk about that initial... The story? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, so... And just describing her for people that don't, have never seen her before. Okay, so in her original iteration, she has kind of longer, you know, black hair with a white streak usually. Um, that kind of mixes up depending on who's coloring it in the book at the time. But um, and so she wears this armor um, that's like silver armor. She carries a sword that is forged by Ares or Mars at the time, um, and is one of the is the only weapon on the planet that can counteract uh, the lasso of truth. And so she just kind of shows up on the island, and it's like, yo. Uh, I'm gonna fight you, and so <laughs> Diana and and uh, uh, Nubia get in this kind of battle, and it's very evenly matched until Nubia has the upper hand and has Diana at her sword, and then she's like, "Okay, well, I'm Nubia. I'm over at the floating island. Um, that was a great fight, and I'm better than you. I'll see you later." Um, and so she goes off to the island, and then you find out that you know the the secret history of her later, um, where she got. You know, fashioned and Ari stole her and uh, actually suppressed the memory in Hippolyta. So Hippolyta didn't even remember her until she saw her. And then she leads a uh, invasion of Paradise Island with her homie dudes that she is ruling. Oh, and then there was a part in there before. I think this is when she gets back to the island after fighting Diana. There are two men of the island who are like fighting over the right to marry yes. her and she's like how about this i will fight you both <laughs> and i will win because i'm no one's it. property how about that um so then she leads this uh this takeover of the island um and is battling diana and diana manages to reflect a, a ray of light to this ring that she's wearing so that it loosens up and falls off her fingers because basically hey guess what aries was mind controlling her the whole time because he's terrible and that's what gods be doing and uh <laughs> So then uh, after she broke from, free from that that mind control, she went back to the island and it was going to basically turn all the, the warriors there into warriors of peace. And, you know, so that was basically. And then so so that's so what happened in that story. 
And then the next time you see her is actually Supergirl number nine. And I think that's in 74. That sounds right. Um, and uh, in that story, uh, Supergirl was trying to save people. It, was, it starts out with her seeing this guy that she was dating uh, making out with another girl. On a, a F, <laughs> and this car goes over the cliff, and she saves him, and she realizes this is a dude that she's dating. So mm. she's like, "Ugh, gross." <laughs> and then, um, then she goes and saves a guy in a plane who gets mad at her because he's doing an experiment, but she didn't know that because it looked like he was gonna die. And then. They, she saves a rock star from a mob and then he's like, I'm gonna kiss you, you know, for to thank you. And she's like, oh, gross. And so she's like, you know what? I'm just going to fly around and not be here right now. Mm-hmm. So she ends up uh, at Paradise Island and uh, she saves uh, a boat with another Amazon who's unnamed Nubia and Hippolyta because they're fighting these mutated shark men, as you do. And then Nubia gets uh, poisoned and there's only there's this mystical route on a island that's 2000 miles away (laughs) and so the only person that can save them is supergirl and as she's there uh palta's like you know what you have a strength you remind me of my daughter diana i'm gonna make you my honorary daughter and Mm. you can just stay on themiscara forever because Mm -hmm. she's like you know what dudes kind of suck and i'm okay with not being around them now yeah i'll stay in here totally like a plan yeah so sorry go ahead i was gonna say yeah so she goes off to the island uh she gets the route these uh, uh, priests on the island steal her powers. She gets saved by a guy that's there who then is like, well, now I have to protect you forever and I'm not letting you off the island. And then she gets her powers back and she leaves and everything's fine. And she's like, I guess I have to go back to the real world because I can't just hide out here forever. I have a side selfish question that I want to ask because I know that you have read like every every Wonder Woman iteration. There's a lot of talk of they're sisters, so I'm not saying it as them together, but them being queer separately. Mm. Um, are there actual instances in the comics that you can think of with either of them? Again, I'm not saying with each other. Right. Um, Nubia is presented as Hippolyta's lover and I believe, the Earth One book. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, she is with a... God. Wait, I'm, so that was her. <laughs> that was even, so that was her. Oh, you know, I'll take it. It's not yeah. her real mom, but it yeah, was like her. I'm yeah. like, okay, so, the, so she, I'm, I'm like, I'm trying no to say longer. she doesn't hook up with her sister. I'm not no. saying that. I'm just separately. <laughs> no, 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 no. When have they been queer? I would like to know selfishly for myself. Sure, sure, sure. But, well, but this so version she, of her is okay. not. This is she's just an Amazon like island. She's yeah, not yeah, yeah. Like a thing because like once post crisis, she is that that whole being her sister thing is gotcha. never broached okay. ever. Again. Okay, okay. Um, they just basically are like that's nice. That doesn't exist. So, um, so there's that. The, uh, she's with a male god in um the the only run I think of the complete run of her that's on yeah, the that's, thing that's two oh five and two oh six. Yeah, uh, it's called Three of Hearts. And his name, uh, it's by Robert Kaniger. He was the writer. Um, uh, not on that one. Um, that was uh, someone with a D. I can't remember. I have to look up the name. I have it. I have it. I swear to God, I have Ahura it. Ahura Maz- Mazda? Yes. Ahura that's, Mazda. That's yeah. the name of the... The God of Light. Yes, the God of Light. And his heart got cut out of his body by his uh, brother, who is a God of Lies. And so basically, she ends up being in Vegas, where Wonder Woman is fighting other people. Um because she's chasing the heart so she can bring him back and uh, a bunch of stuff happens. And there you get to see her use, she one of her powers post-crisis is the cold stare, which is what they call it. And basically she can uh, turn people into stone. Well, she got from the Gorgons. Yes, they packed from the Gorgons because she did some kind of cool stuff when she was gating, guarding the gate. And they're mm-hmm. like, hey, you know what? You're pretty dope. Here's an extra power for you. <laughs> Level up. It's so awesome. We have to take a really quick break and then we're going to cover more of Nubia right after this. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, a daily podcast from Hello Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. 
Every weekday, we bring you conversations with the culture makers who inspire us. Like our recent episode with Hollywood royalty Regina and Raina King. We talked about the creative power of women's relationships. I feel like, thank God for women. Like, especially when it comes to Black women, the way we lean on our mothers, our grandmothers, our sisters, our friends. We're just each other's pulse. I mean... It's molecular, you know? Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. And we're back. We're still talking about Nubia. Um, so, Joel, I know you did a lot of research on her costumes. Can you talk about the the changes along the way? Yeah. And the first time we see Nubia, it's very like gladiator style. She's got this rising phoenix on the breastplate, which is really cool. She has the um, very typical kind of Spartan hat you think of when you think of uh, the warriors. The full chainmail down the arms and like this red kind of like pleated skirt, sort of similar to what uh, Diana will wear later in her iteration. At this point, she's still in the like Spanx high tight star spangled banner outfit um and what year sorry what year was yeah, this? so this is uh during her initial appearance in 1973 um she's just so badass it's insane it's she's just like incredibly cool could looking, we have just yeah. kept this kind of progressiveness the whole way because i'm looking at it we will tweet out this photo i mean she's just stunning and in gladiator uh like joelle was saying armor and it's just yeah and having like a separate series where she is like training these warriors of male warriors of peace and like going out in the world doing stuff would have been so cool. Mm-hmm. But- it's it's awesome. I feel like she uses um, a box set of dark and lovely every other week <laughs> to keep her hair Lustrous. like soft and flowy and like no, there's a, there's a secret pool somewhere on the <laughs> island where she just goes over and just like dips her head in and like <laughs> like just swirls a little bit and then like pulls it out and it's just like beautifully laid. Like that's I feel like that's a magic of the island. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, I feel like there's a special like uh, like like pool for all the black Amazonians where you put it and you think about which style you want if you wanted to get pressed Mm -hmm. it's there and it's like a special magic press that doesn't mess up when water hits it right Mm. Teflon um, when you see her a year later in 1974 she's got this like black swimsuit sort of thing it's really feels like they were like Storm's kind of hot. Like, I would like right. to draw a storm <laughs> yeah. for DC. Uh, it's like weird gold plate cutouts, but yeah. they're literally just like chicken breasts like over mm-hmm. her boobs. It's very weird. Um, then she has a gold boot that I love because it's slit down the front and then the triangle folds are like down instead of I think what we typically see, which is like just a, a very straight triangle on the sides. This is at the front of her shin. They just look cool. They're unique. I just love this panel that you pulled out, which it's Nubia with her fist up, not quite doing the black fist. But almost. 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 And she goes, me, I'm their Wonder Woman. And then, oh, a, and then the black woman in the back says, Nubia, my black, black sister. sister. <laughs> yes. Listen, they knew how black people talked. Yeah. <laughs> they had it down packed. Sweet <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she's got sort of the, what I really like about Wonder Woman in the late 60s, early 70s is all the characters had the giant hair of the moment. And it's yeah glorious it's like very much like a snooky style bump but like bigger and more luxurious and it's like all kinds of like the black blue shiny they do in comic books she looks amazing yeah like i was really looking at this origin you had of her where it was like the whole wonder woman arc where she changes outfits and she's like diana Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it really was cool how they were like yeah we're just gonna like set we're gonna try and update it and like this like we like progressive like i'm gonna save you from prison by doing the right exactly like i was like i hope they really bring that energy to the dcu like oh let's see one like i want to see her go from each decade and let's see like them early aughts wonder woman yes. let's see 90s wonder woman with the britney spears denim fit Love it. <laughs> no. i know i was like i'm so excited about the 80s they better have some madonna stuff in there 
for her. I mean, I want to see her with like the cross. No, they would probably can't do that. <laughs> like the bra and the cross. <laughs> I love the it. lace. Yeah. Um, I did want to have our my friend and a lot of our friends, uh, Christina Ariel, on this episode, but she's at PAX, I believe. But she has cosplayed pretty famously as Nubia. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we'll include that on our Insta yeah. and Twitter. Um, some pics of her. Um, and it's like you said, Iffy, in the traditional Wonder Woman outfit. I also love this Barbie that they had of her. Yeah, there's like a doll they created for, okay. So Tamara, can you talk about the sad news about how she was going to be on a TV show, but then wasn't on the Wonder Woman TV show when it went to CBS? It is a thing that either I didn't know or I actively suppressed in my brain because it is devastating. Um, So if you guys don't know about the original Wonder Woman series, it started out on ABC and then for its last season, or maybe two seasons, moved to CBS. I think it was just its last season. So uh, over at ABC, they were like, hey, you know what we should do? We should bring in Nubia. She's in the comics. It'd be really cool. We're going to bring her in. They cast uh, the woman who was uh, the lead in Get Christy Love. So they already had her cast. They had it all ready to go. And they even did this uh promotional they, they were getting the the merchandise ready right. so they did this promotional doll of nubia and how she's going to appear on the show and she looks so dope so she has the dark hair she has mm-hmm. the white stripe she has the the great silver armor and like it's basically her original comics appearance outfit but because they moved uh networks and the the plan for the series changed that was completely scrapped so um it's definitely a, a what could have been situation yes. and it hurts my heart a little bit um but it it's it was not uh, meant to be at that time sadly yeah, CBS duh, is only now just getting into showing people of color on their network. Yay. Good for you, CBS. Uh, but it was unfortunate because you have this doll. It's kind of a one-off. It hit store shelves, but didn't go really beyond that. But she does look sick. My favorite Nubia look is her 2000 appearance, uh, where she comes as the Three of Hearts uh, issue run 175, 176, I think. Um it, she gets like a George Washington shoulder mm-hmm. treatment that is so sick. They give her an olive green cape that's to the floor. And then her breastplate is like a roaring lion with two like red gems for eyes. And then the best part, they give her natural twists, which are yeah. really sick. Yeah. Her hair is like kind of short. It's like shoulder length, but these like thick twists on it. She looks so good. And then, of course, classic hoops, which, you know, I would like to see some people cosplay this version of Nubia. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I would love to see more of the I was just thinking, like, if someone cosplayed the 70s version of her, would people know? Um, right. Who that was. That's a good question. I think the, it would d- definitely be the, the deep nerds. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh. It's actually Nubia. I was about to say the deep weebs, but that's a different. No. <laughs> the weebs might know it, too. Shout out to the weebs. <laughs> What's really interesting as we kind of review uh, both the history of Nubia and her costuming is like, how did this idea come into being? And if you listen to Gloria Steinem tell it, uh, her and Ms. Magazine had like a huge role to play in it, right? Yeah. Yeah, there is. Um, so I, as I talked about on the last time I was in there, there's a period where uh, they depowered Wonder Woman, made her a spy for reasons. And <laughs> um, so and that lasted a good couple of years. And so uh, six years, I believe. Yeah. Um, so Gloria Steinem then as a fan of the character as a child, ran a series of essays in Ms. Magazine talking about Wonder Woman and her, and her impact. And so in it, she implored DC Comics to give her her powers back, which they did. And then. There is a part where she talks about how Wonder Woman is a great hero for women, but it is only white women that you see in the comics and Mm. there is no intersectionality there. So a lot of people are crediting her pointing that out to them being inspired to create Nubia. Mm -hmm. Um, And which I think is actually as a writer and as a person who doesn't always write stories and things like that, but I do, you know, cultural critiques and things like that to be able to see that historically the words have always been able to create a positive impact on the pop culture that you consume is really heartening. And it, you know, being able to see a character like that in the books more, if, if she existed in any capacity during the eighties or, you know, nineties. And when I was like in, in this used bookstore and that's how I got my comics. Mostly there was like a book, a a rack at like the local crown books. And then this, this used bookstore in Pasadena that every, you know, every month I take my allowance and I go there and I look through the books and see what was there and just get whatever, you know, looked interesting at the time. And so if I could have seen her on the cover, I would have flipped my lid. Like it would have been 
just it would have been so so impactful so it's it's really really interesting to see how all that that works and and it makes me hopeful that we'll still be able to do this stuff i mean we're seeing it now but like mm-hmm. to be able to know that it happened even in the 70s is great yeah i i mean that's to me i guess what gets confused not confusing but it's like we were so we were doing something mm-hmm. like of trying yeah. to you know and then why did why i mean i already know the answer to my question but it is difficult to see us go backwards yeah. for decades including now <laughs> yeah. at times but like yeah that is a big deal that is a big deal to have her in this like gladiator armor just like shining and gorgeous and like and being the and 100% being, equal of yeah, Diana yeah that's like yeah that was like huge it reminds me of I mean not in the same way but like when we were talking about Diana's first appearance in the 40s when she was kind of like mm, no I'm not gonna listen to you mm-hmm. and like you don't understand in the 40s that was like not done yeah <laughs> women were supposed to be you know underneath their husbands and and uh, the man is first and respecting them and very much like leave it to beaver type stuff especially you know back then and it's just wild to me that we kind of then went in reverse for several decades they were like we don't like that and that scares us so now we're gonna like completely not do that well it's funny because it's just like uh with like tgif and how there were so many black sitcoms at one point Mm -hmm. where you had like sister sister you had family matters you had uh you know what's the what's the one i'm thinking about the the parkers you had living single the original friends yeah you had all those and then out of nowhere it just seemed like it just stopped you know well they were networks were combating cable at the time and one of the ways you could do that was appeal on your basic cable to a black audience because more black people have basic cable and that's what basically saved upn right before they became warner brothers they were like oh they don't need black people anymore we're good thank you for the ratings boost out of bounds uh which i think is what typically sort of happens it's like oh and sort of how nubia has been treated a lot throughout her career it's like oh well they like seeing a black wonder woman here you go <laughs> like a, for a two brief issues. taste yeah mm-hmm. yeah a and song. she's so awesome and she kicks so much butt and she's like has such a different ideology from wonder woman who's very much like i must come and protect man and listen they're trying they're struggling they're not mature yet <laughs> we're gonna get them there whereas nubia was like listen we ain't got time i'm gonna turn that guy to stone save this little girl and then i gotta bounce yeah <laughs> she's amazing Pieces. and also i would also like to say that the whole thing of them being sisters which blows a lot of people's brains but like i'm black but i'm also mixed and so mm-hmm. some of the things i mix with is cape verdean which is a group of islands off the coast of Senegal and most of them live in Massachusetts or in San Francisco Um, but in my mom's family there's seven of them and they go a spectrum of colors so it's not like you can't just have two kids and one be light and one be dark Mm -hmm, it literally happens Mm -hmm. every day Mm -hmm. so you know even that like and that's also you know I talked about a little before seeing Linda Carter I knew she was something I didn't know what she was, but I knew she was something. And she reminded me of some of my mom's side of the family. And that's another reason why I imprinted on her so hard, because it's just like this is a thing that represents my life in a way that I never see it ever and still pretty much don't. And I just, you know, I need everybody to do better. Get on get on their level. There's opportunities. We have to take another really quick break. And then I actually have before we hop back into more things. I I have a really funny, great crossover of Nubia that I'm going to spill right after this. Hey, fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, a daily podcast from Hello Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Every weekday, we bring you conversations with the culture makers who inspire us. Like our recent episode with Hollywood royalty Regina and Raina King. We talked about the creative power of women's relationships. I feel like, thank God for women. Like, especially when it comes to Black women, the way we lean on our mothers, our grandmothers, our sisters, our friends. We're just each other's pulse. I mean... It's molecular, you know? Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. 
roast of Tom Brady Stole the Show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser podcast to start listening. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. And we're back. So this is often forgotten, but Nubia actually appeared in the Scooby-Doo comics. Yes. Sure did. Sure Scooby-Doo team up number five by DC Comics. It was Trouble in Paradise. She, this is her description or personality. She has a low opinion of men. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is on the Scooby-Doo-opedia uh, she has a low opinion of men as evidence when she describes Shaggy Rogers' cowardice as something that should be expected from his gender. <laughs> yeah. Um, due to Aphrodite's law, Paradise Island bestows Wonder Woman and all the Amazons' godlike powers um, as long as mortal men do not step foot on the island. So she has in this run immortality and she's in a dope. She's like kind of in a white like armor and mm-hmm. has like a golden uh, eagle. I do have to give props to like modern Scooby-Doo writers because like the last 10 to 10 to 15 years it's just great content and when they started doing the crossover stuff it is just a whole other level like the Scooby Natural like Supernatural yes. crossover was delightful. that was insane dude uh, yeah. unprepared unprepared for how great that is so I just props <laughs> to everybody who's been working on that IP right now because it's you're hitting out of the park yeah so she's in full like armor but still has like a red ish skirt um and then her hairdo's different every time, which I love mm-hmm. and appreciate. And then she's also in the Wonder Woman 77 Bionic Woman crossover. And she's there with uh, one of the Fausta something. I can't remember. Faustus? No, no. It's um, she because she's one of the characters that um, Wonder Woman faced uh and then brought them to the island and they're reformed now. So they're reformed island, uh, Amazons on the island and they're actually in a relationship together. Oh um, so that's another n- n- more career representation for y'all. I forgot about that one when we were talking oh, about it earlier. There we go. Yeah. So Fausta Grables. Yes. Fausta Grables. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so and I and I think former villains getting married, getting married, being on the island, doing good stuff, and it's a thing <laughs> that I feel like people forget that Wonder Woman is really trying to reform people and reach their hearts. I feel like that's a better reason in the universe for her to not have um, a big rogues gallery mm-hmm. as opposed to sexism uh, in the real world. Well, Sorry. it does look like people think that she popped up in the TV series. Um, yeah, that a version of her. Mm-hmm. Um, as Carolyn Hamilton, yeah, who's uh, part of the San Francisco Police Department, but she, uh, they have Carolyn in um, as Nubia in a comic. Yeah, so, so like, they yeah. that's a Wonder Woman's heavy. So they re, she she renames herself Nubia once she gets to the island. Oh. Thing. So she's reforming she wants her old ways. You know, it's a whole thing. So that's like. You know, I also am a big fan of the Wonder Woman 77 comics anyway, so definitely check those out when you guys have a chance. Um, It's really interesting that, like, this was one of the hardest things to research because I knew that I'd read, like, I read the, you know, the 90s appearance, you know, that storyline, and I know I'd seen her first appearance, and then I was like, there's got to be more, right? 
there's not that much more. <laughs> well, speaking of that, so so we have the Wonder Woman 84 coming out. Mm-hmm. I think it would be dope if Nubia appeared, and that was something they were keeping secret. But I don't see a world in which Patty Jenkins has done such an amazing job with trying to make an honest portrayal from a normal viewpoint. I don't even want to say like a woman's viewpoint. It's just like not from a guy's like it's mm-hmm. not, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so of like showing, no, I probably wouldn't like bend down and put on lipstick in the middle of a fight or some shit or yeah, like yeah, yeah. my skirt doesn't need to be that high. It doesn't make sense um, <laughs> for fighting. Uh, and, and I don't see a world in which Patty Jenkins wouldn't want to add Nubia in. Right. At some point. I think it's probably not the time for it though, just from a, like, I don't know what the story of this movie is. I've been trying to mm. not learn anything about it. Um, but I just think she's such a big deal, potentially, that I would rather her be saved for another time than to just kind of, like, shove her in here. My, I totally agree. I don't know if I think that she's going to be necessarily, or maybe at the end of this one. But I think it's perfect because Wonder Woman did so well hmm. to kind of slide her in here so she's introduced here she can further be in the film and then get her own film okay yeah, because i think that that's get her a job right now. <laughs> <laughs> well here's the thing is it's just like it's so much if we just gave her her own film where i think like wonder woman is already set as like people are like oh no that made millions of dollars it was like a huge success it was like one of the best dc films and so like why don't we slide her in here introduce her and then give her her own film i've got it here's what i want to see okay i would like to see them her just help out in a fight right like one of going she like maybe calls some of her amazonian sisters they come through she like tosses her a sword and she's like no thanks got my own giant sword from my dad bam mm-hmm. and then she's super awesome and then warner brothers is like man people really like these themiscarians that was their favorite part in the first movie yeah. and the second movie what if we gave them a tv show on hbo and we watched them every week be lesbians and awesome fighters <laughs> and then joelle is happy for life no joelle you're so right because we lost like that fantasy like game of thrones whatever thing at hbo so it's perfect for them to pick up a warrior franchise oh women staff let's go and joelle will be on it yes i I have a lot of ideas hire me giving me money um (laughs) i know that she appeared i could not read them at the time because they're not available on the dc universe app but i did see that nubia does pop up currently in the rebirth era um in the last couple issues of Greg Rucka's The Lies storyline. I think it's the last three issues or it's from like, you know, 70, 75 is like the last part of this run, I believe. So I think it's uh, 73 to 75. Um, But I couldn't read them. So I just read about it. (laughs) And so because she's in there recently, then I, uh, I'm taking that as a sign that they are going to definitely do more things. And here's the thing. Wonder Woman is the only female superhero who has sidekicks named after her. That's true. So why do we not have just a Wonder Woman-centric spinoffs? Why do we not have a Wonder Woman office covering all her comics? Why does Wonder Girl not have her own comics? Why does, you know, like, why are we not doing Dana these Prince things? Is so cool, too. Like, seeing the cool thing, what I really like about that DC does really well is their animation, especially if you're checking out Young Justice, which you absolutely Young should Justice be. It's season is three great. is so good. Yeah. Um, but it's cool is that it gives, like, if you didn't come across these characters in your natural reading, you know, maybe you're like me and you got into a couple series here and there. I got really into in- indie comic books not too long after after getting into like superhero comic books and so I'm touch and go in some places but man if you want to know about some heroes Young Justice or Justice League or Justice League Unlimited mm-hmm. will fill you in and give you like a whole vibe of like what these characters are going for and Diana Prince is dope it's how I got into Zatanna who's super awesome uh, I learned about Icon and Rocket from those shows like there's just there's so much to love about them yeah. I'm a little upset we never got Nubia in any of those oh, shows. that's so true. Never yeah. makes an I, appearance. Icon well, is such a larger deep cut than Nubia. Yes. <laughs> Icon and Rocket. Like, and yeah. they had mm-hmm. Rocket there being Rocket. Like, like they didn't, like, change her from nope. what yeah. she was. Didn't dumb her down. She got to be right up there with the other teen titans. Yeah, it was, it was good. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to I'm gonna state a controversial opinion, which I Ooh. don't know if I stated this on the Wonder Woman-specific podcast, but Justice League Unlimited is a great show for deep cuts, but it is... Also, Wonder Woman is the one character that that holy trio cannot figure out 
how to write. I don't think that's controversial at all. It's very true because they're always like, maybe she's a love interest for Batman or Superman. Every time they do it, I'm like, what the hell is happening? This is so gross. Love triangle too, because it's like it just doesn't seem. And then it's not truly because Superman and Batman never like deal with it, and they're never in a committed relationship with Wonder Woman. It's almost always uh, a side flirtation, and then she'll be like, oh well, I'm just about the rules, and just (laughs) very strict up and down. I mean, here comes like a diehard Batman like fan since I was little. Also, the lore of just like Selena Kyle is is who I I mean mm-hmm. who gets shipped like that to me will always be. So I'm just like I don't even want Wonder Woman involved yeah. in this at all. And this is Steve Trevor Erasure. It he is, is Steve Trevor Erasure, who is awesome, who, who dates else? Wonder Woman, not Diana, not- which blows my mind. Just a a. a, a- secure in his own ability yes supportive dude who's like look at my baby be all strong yeah and he's like this <laughs> woman know, like, is better than me in every way and i respect and it cool and i that. don't need to put her in her place ever nope. i will run support for her in the ways that i can i still could do some stuff but i know she could do more than and me he's a colonel in the army like see trevor got it going on and i do think that chris pine did that role so well so it was so just like oh crap yeah. <laughs> she can do everything better than me I'm just gonna be here on the side. All right, cool. And I'll do adore this other her. Thing. Yeah, you can <laughs> really adore her. Um, but yeah, and I, that's and I, you know, so love interest. So I think it's interesting that Nubia, like, for you know, in the in the '90s iteration where she's guarding, you know, the the door to Tartarus and Hades and all that, um, Doom's doorway is what they call it, I believe. Um, but they talk like they did the thing that the thing where they talk about some of her adventures and I'm like like we were saying before like they sound so cool and so what was the thing that led her to be like messed up on the shores of where this god is mm-hmm. and like how about that she's dope enough that a all powerful god is like hey how in you her doing? recap of their romance I was instantly intrigued I'm like yeah. I will watch that love story because I feel like it was messy and challenging right and then she has to come and save him and he's like calling to her telepathically it's so romantic and sweet and it happens in two episodes like two issues and that you could easily do like a 50 issue arc of their like love romance in the same way that uh green arrow and uh canary got their storyline which was super awesome done in a comic more uh couples comics yes. they are extremely my vibe otps i just want to say too i think it's so funny when people get upset about calling uh either nubia or wonder woman uh queer because it's like so you think that they're just virgins on that island get they've just yourselves. never had sex ever even though they look like that and their bodies look like that okay <laughs> um well this has been I mean I'm, you're not wrong that's yeah. why it's funny so they're just all virgins <laughs> running around that makes perfect just sense hot ladies waiting for a guy to show just up just waiting yep <laughs> you know she's, she's finding, read books she <laughs> knows that they guys are not necessary they're like, for they're like chiseling like rocks so that they can okay that's a little bit <laughs> Make, they're making their own yeah they just have, dreaming just sitting around magic. dreaming waiting they have magic and technology they do not need it they have yeah. magic and technology and each other who are very beautiful people. I mm-hmm. think it's fine. Well, that's why, okay, so I'm just going to put this out there too, going along what Joelle said with having a series possibly on HBO. But I think that if Nubia was introduced, there could be a world in which that is Diana's love interest mm-hmm. because even Gal Gadot herself has been like, just because she likes Steve Trevor right now doesn't mean that that's who she's going to be with forever. Yeah. Yeah. That's you true. Know? I mean, that would be I mean, impossible that's qu- that's, because that's, she's that's, immortal. But that's, yes. That's, I mean, also that. Yeah. But that's. But yeah. But um, it's kind of like what we talked about with our Lando episode. It's like the guy is so hot. Like, of course, he's going to sleep with whoever he can, like a robot, a man, a woman, an alien, literally anyone. He's, you know, going to taste the rainbow. Yeah. So if it's like a golem from the underworld that visits the Muscaria, he's... Listen, is the golem pure of heart? Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. he, lo- is oh, he yeah. a loving person? Oh, yeah, it's a, oh, it's a good golem. Listen, I'm just saying. Smooth rock. It's getting saucy. It's like it's like, it's like those the the uh, quartz crystals that are nice and smooth. It's a quartz golem <laughs> oh that is just delightful yeah. and just <laughs> hello, ladies. How are you today? Oh. The, the world is pretty pretty and shiny and bright. And come, let me romance you. Um, yeah. Shout out to that golem. Shout out. Well, thank y'all for coming on. Yes. On that note, yeah. to geek out about Nubia. Yeah, of course. Anytime. Um, uh, tomorrow, where can everyone catch you? You can find me on Twitter and sometimes. Instagram at Misfits Tamara.
And Joel. Uh, same with those directions, only head to at Joel Monique, J O E L L E M O N I Q U E. I'm at Ms. Danny Fernandez. It's M S D A N I F E R N A N D E Z. I'm actually going to be on a panel with Tamara oh, yeah. at WonderCon. Yep, yep, um, yep. So pay attention to our Twitters because I think we get to officially announce the date and time. Unless soon. we're like, okay, soon. Soon. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, and brap, 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 how you doing? I'm Ify Wadiwe, I-F-Y-N-W-A-D-I-W-E on Twitter and Instagram. Ify's on Twitch. The Discord is discord.gg forward slash salt squad. Uh, you can catch me every night at 8 p.m., 11 p.m. Eastern on Twitch at Super Punch, uh, twitch.tv slash Super Punch for my late night show, Super Punch. Uh, I'll be at Emerald City uh, talking, you know, and we're going to do a bonus episode talking about that. And I'll also be doing stand-up, so pay attention to the Twitters and see what shows I actually get on. WonderCon, I will not be in uh, L.A. I will also be Is it back. the same time? Uh, yes. Is it? Oh, uh, so- wow. Con. I'll oh, be oh a, okay. Yeah, I'll be at Sakura-Con. So maybe we'll compare our con experiences and see... Uh, how how my weeby experience wow. compared to your dope panels body panels, uh, body yeah, panels, yeah, yeah. Body oh yeah no i'm getting it all uh but yeah thanks for listening and like we say every week stay, stay nerdy, nerdy. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright side. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening.